Welcome to Let's Talk Sales. This is the podcast for anyone who's interested in growing sales. Today's episode of Let's Talk Sales is brought to you by our ebook, The Ultimate Guide to Setting and Achieving Sales Goals. In it, you'll discover how to set sales goals, how to track your progress, avoid common pitfalls, and more. Be sure to download a copy today. You can find it in the notes for today's show at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 297. As usual, this is Elizabeth Frederick, and today I am speaking to a guest who has been a friend and partner of Criteria for Success for many years. So it is so great to have him finally on the podcast. He is the chief marketing officer at Dial America, which is a teleservice company that provides B2B and B2C customer engagement services across multiple industries. Um, he is based just across the river from me, I guess a little farther than that, but kind of, in New Jersey. Um, and he's been in sales leadership roles at Dial America for 36 years. And so he's had an amazing viewpoint into how sales has changed over the years, both kind of within his team and um, how he engages with clients and they engage with clients, but also because they're working with so many large sales organizations that he has that great insight. So we are so glad to have you here. Welcome to the show, John Redinger. Well, thank you very much, Elizabeth. And uh, you're right, we have been friends and uh, business partners for, for many years. And uh, we certainly enjoy our relationship with Charles and yourself at Criteria for Success. We've, we've had a great relationship. So thank you. I'm super excited to have this conversation and discussion with you as well. As you mentioned, I'm John Redinger. I'm Chief Marketing Officer for Dial America and really look forward to our discussion today. Um, I head up both sales and marketing here, so I really only have myself to point at when I look in the mirror. <laughs> Fortunately, I am surrounded by a really talented and motivated group of folks that are on our teams. Um, Dial America has 19 physical sites here in the United States, and we s support uh, service and sales functions, uh, as you mentioned, for many widely recognized household brands across a multitude of channels, such as choice, voice, chat, email, and social. Absolutely. And um, one thing that I always find is every time I talk to you and we work with, um, with Dial America, we always learn about um, what those companies are concerned about and what they're interested in and what's working and what's not working. So you have just such a, such a powerful perspective. Um, before we jump in to the bulk of our conversation, I would love it if you could introduce yourself to our listeners and maybe talk about where you developed your passion for sales and marketing, um, or some key stops on the journey to where you are today? Sure. Um, well, I was, I, like many people, I uh, probably just baptized in fire, right? When you're, when you're <laughs> just kind of thrown into it. Um, my, you know, I started uh, actually in a management training program. I thought I was going to be hired by Xerox at the time, and they had a six-month hiring freeze. So uh, my father was like, well, you're not going to sit around here for six months. We need to <laughs> get you working. Um, so I, I came across an opportunity with, with the company, which I didn't know what the medium was at the time, but it used to be called telemarketing. And I went to work for a company and a very dynamic manager in Cleveland um, that was, you know, in the teleservices industry. Mm -hmm. And I spent the first, you know, six to nine months on the phone, really learning a lot about sales. Um, over the phone and using that medium. 
And from there it grew. I, you know, I, I went on to become a, a branch manager in, in Cleveland uh, and then moved on to a number of different positions in the operations side of the business before moving over to, um, you know, client services and being a liaison between what happens kind of out in the field and what happens, you know, with the client services portion of the business. And it really was a, a, a very interesting perspective because you, you really had a 360 degree look at everything. Um, so that's really how we started. And then we had the opportunity to really try to break into a new industry. Um, and again, you know, thrown into the challenge of just trying to go out and create um, our presence in a vertical. And that space happened to be cable and, you know, the communication uh, mm. arena at that time. And that's really where I, I learned to, to develop a sales team, to put a great group of folks around you from BDR marketing support and functions that, uh, that drive sales. Absolutely. And I love that story because just through telling your own story, I think probably all of our listeners can understand that you've seen all of the changes that have happened kind of in the, in the world of sales over the years. And I love that you said um, you were baptized in fire because just about everybody that I talk to in a sales leadership role um, kind of at your level has had some experience, no matter how long ago it was, where they were doing epic amounts of cold calling, just basically on the phone, dialing, dialing, dialing. And I don't think there's any way that you can get more experience, more um, ability to withstand the, the losses and the disappointments of sales, more ability to um, learn how to navigate complicated conversations with people than when you're doing that, because it's just that constant, constant, constant repetition. So uh, probably not super fun at the time, but I'm sure that's where you learned a lot of what's helped you to be successful over the rest of your career ever since. That's true. And it certainly shortens the learning curve as well, right? Because um, on the phone, you get so many opportunities um, in, a, in a short amount of time mm. versus, you know, face to face and, you know, traveling uh, to go see people. So you also have the ability to, you know, at that time, and we still do, um, monitor and tape phone calls. So when you hear yourself uh, and you have the opportunity to be coached properly on how to listen to a customer, um, how, to, how to seek information from them find out what their pain points are, um, address those, and then close the sale properly. Um, there's you know, a lot of fundamentals that you learned when you were on the phone. Absolutely. Yeah, there, it, it, there's almost no better way to test different techniques and you know, tweak a script or tweak um, a way that you would respond to a specific concern or objection. Because if you're, you know, if you're making however many dials a day it is, 100, 200, sometimes we see pretty crazy numbers, you can say, okay, for my first 25 calls, I'm going to try this. And then for my next 25 calls, I'm going to try this. And I'm going to try different things at different times of day to see what works better. And um, it's just an amazing, it's an amazing testing ground, training ground. Um, but, uh, you know, some people I found are, are happy to stay there. And um, there are some superstars that just absolutely love it. And some people feel like, okay, <laughs> done. <laughs> I've, I've learned my lesson and I'm ready to get out of it. So uh, the reason that we wanted to have you on the show, John, and what I'm so excited to, to talk to you about is that perspective that you have. So obviously 
so many different companies have um, have a teleservices element to their sales process, whether it's, um, and it could even be their customer support process, um, whether they're doing it internally or they're outsourcing it, um, there's, there's some aspect of, of calling that's important. And so in the conversations that you have with both your clients and your prospective clients, you have a really unique viewpoint into the perspective of um, how it fits into the sales process, of how sales processes should work, how sales teams should be structured, as well as the challenges that organizations face as they're trying to meet market needs. And it's a cliche to say it at this point, but you know the world has been changing for a long time and that change just accelerated over the last year with COVID. And I'd love to hear about um, what are some of the challenges that you've been seeing um, in the last few years, maybe in the last year specifically, um, as you talk to sales organizations who are trying to hit their targets and really thinking about how to structure to best meet those needs? Sure. Um, I think the one of the biggest challenges right now is that you know people can't get out in front of their prospects and their clients to sit down mm -hmm. uh, and, and really develop you know better relationships you know in person. I mean, I think we all probably miss that. I mean, certainly from the, you know, the conference um, and, and opportunities to, to go to seminars and conferences to meet with your potential clients, your, your prospects and your current clients, that, that's been taken away in this past year. So I think that's been a challenge for a lot of people is, boy, how do I build my network? How do I increase, you know, my, my ability to get in front of people? And that's been a challenge for, for everybody and in, in many industries and some of the folks that we work with, you know, they were they were relying on those in-person sales, whether they're visiting on big box stores or, um, you know, going to see people in person at their facilities. You know, that that has really come to a halt. Um, and in many cases, they had a very large territory to cover to begin with. Um, and what we found is that in, in this environment, we've been able to supplement that and accelerate that sales cycle by using, you know, the phone as that medium to get in contact with these people. Um, they still need to stock their, their products in, in their stores. Um, they still need to hear from their people, but it's been a lot easier for them to be able to expand that territory and cover a much greater ground uh, with, with a program like we have with some of our clients. Um, you know, some of the other challenges we just talked about, you know, the, the business itself, um, right now we have, you know, a lot of folks that we, we have to obviously adhere to the social distancing and making sure that our facilities mm. are clean and safe. And so we had to quickly move to a at home or remote workforce for a large portion of, of our agents. Um, and you know, that we took a lot of time and effort to really strategize how we were going to do that. One of the things that we found out is that not everybody has the proper environment to work mm. remotely. They might not have the space. They might have many interruptions throughout the day. Uh, in many cases, they might not either have the technology at home, you know, the bandwidth or the Wi-Fi uh, to be able to connect. Um, and the hours of operation have spread. We talked earlier about the call volumes that we've seen uh, for many clients and, and everything that we've researched. You know, calls have more than doubled this past year. And wow. a lot of times people really don't have the resources 
to, to handle that. It happened overnight. Um, one of the things that Dial America has is we, we, we employ a variable hours model. Mm. Um, and we, we embraced this years ago because it gives us the flexibility, you know, rather than have people scheduled in eight hour block schedules, which most people want, you know, we tend to hire people that we need to have people in the seats at the right time when the calls are coming in. And using this methodology of variable hours model that we call FlexForce, it gives us and our clients the flexibility for us to schedule those agents at the proper time to be able to handle those calls. Mm. So, you know, a lot of times we're hired for, you know, nights, weekends, and the difficult times that it's difficult to hire people for those schedules. Well, that's what we do. That's our business. And we're able to do that and really provide as much as 20% savings to our clients because we're not over scheduling people when the calls aren't coming. We're spreading those hours and those agents across to handle the calls as those calls come in and where their customers want to meet them. Mm. I love that. And I, I heard a few different things. And so I want to kind of cycle back to some of them because I'm sure as, as listeners were hearing you talk there, they were thinking, yeah, I've seen some of these challenges in my sales process. So what it sounds like to me is that you work with clients and you kind of look at their sales process and you say, okay, where are the problems, where are the pains, and how can we potentially come in to support that? Um, so one of the first things you said was when people have built their entire sales process upon a lead generation strategy that either has completely stopped, which is what happened last March with COVID for a lot of different types of, of lead sources, or maybe is dwindling down. And if we think back to what happened in um, medical sales. Uh, and this was, man, I'm thinking of medical sales clients that I worked with. This is all the way up to like 10, 12 years ago that this was happening. The very first client I worked on at Criteria for Success 13 years ago was um, medical devices. And it went pretty quickly from being able to just cold call into a hospital and meet with doctors and meet with administrators um, to try to sell your products to having barriers in place. So you weren't able to do that. And when things like that happen, um, being able to have conversations about, okay, how are we going to replace those leads and how in future might we develop a diverse variety of lead sources so that if one dries up, it's not such an existential problem as it was um, when this one source, you know, either again, faded out over time or really had that hard stop. So what do you hear from clients when, when you talk to them about um, those kind of challenges that they're facing with lead sources? Well, in many cases, they're trying to do, you know, more with less, right? Hmm. Um, really understanding, you know, some of the data that's available and some of the technology that's available to people is, is important. Um, you know, Knowing how to mine data and segment lists can turn, you know, a 10% converting list to a 15% conversion. Mm. Um, knowing how to target messages to the customer, you know, through a specific call strategy that you develop. Skilling and routing those phone calls to the proper salesperson is important. Um, you can maximize penetration, um, you know, of a list because you now have a limited universe, right, to mm. deal with. Um, so you really need to make as many of those contacts and the strategy that you put a, around that count. Um, 
And all this comes with the ability to, to use, you know, our experience, right, as, as, as a provider of those services. Uh, and we build on those experiences, but also adding, you know, AI. And uh, what I mean by that is that, you know, you need to be able to use the data to splice and dice that up and make sure that you're sending the right leads to the right people and calling mm. them at the right times um, to get the highest net list yield and doing things like, you know, appending phone numbers from other other sources that, that we might have available or other things that we can lay up against those that are going to increase conversion. Um, the list hygiene is, is especially a new acquisition. You know, finding good leads is still every sales manager's pain point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you need to invest in list hygiene, uh, lead generation, um, you know, looking at, at somebody as an outsourcer who does that well and can set appointments um, and find interest in, in your services. Um, I highly recommend, you know, that those be U.S. based uh, because, you know, maybe more expensive, but certainly the dialect and the conversation that you're going to have with those prospects is certainly, in my opinion, going to be a much richer experience for both people. Uh, But you need people who can qualify the lead and support your sales teams. Um, And the key is really developing a process that determines what passes as a lead. Everybody has to agree on what that looks like and, and what and how you get to develop that lead and pass that on to the salesperson. Absolutely. And I love the examples that you that you provided there, because I think a lot of times when people think about, um, you know, teleservices, often they're thinking about um, a very transactional sale, a very, you know, somebody's going to call you and say, do you want to buy this thing? It's $10. And people say yes or no, and boom, you're done. But what you're talking about here is um, phone calls are a part of a comprehensive sales process. And it could be that the goal is to qualify and then hand it off. It could be that the goal is to establish a meeting and then hand it off and somebody else takes that meeting. Um, But figuring out kind of how to increase that top of the funnel and um, also what you were saying about, you know, using technology, using data to increase the productiveness of that work. I have so many clients that um, when in-person networking stopped last year, they just took their entire sales team who were excellent at going out and and meeting with people. And a lot of people, you know, great personalities, very, um, very engaging, able to connect with people quickly. And they said, okay, just, um, you know, use that time to make calls. You'll even have more time. You're not traveling anymore. And, you know, they expected the same results. And so many excellent salespeople really just struggled. Um, Part of it, like you said, bad data. Um, You know, I I talked to clients who were just buying random lists, which is something they had never done before. And it didn't didn't usually work out so well. Um, But not really knowing um, how to have, um, you know, that is a completely different source where you're starting probably earlier in the process. You know, if you go to an event, people are there because they know about the the subject and they're interested in um, in learning about it. But if you're just calling people with a job title, they're not in that mindset like somebody at an event would be. And so really, um, it's a it's a different skill set. It's a different process. And recognizing that and figuring out, um, is it different people who need to do that different process? Or do you need to, um, you know, fully retrain your sales organization to do kind of two different kinds of selling? You know, I really have two comments on that. You know, the number of customer communication channels 
that are available and the choices is constantly growing mm -hmm. and, you know, creating and, you know, an increasingly complex, complex network of potential customer journeys is happening out there, right? Many, in many cases, people have already done, and this was before the pandemic, you know, people have already done and are down the road of making a, a selection and have you included or don't have you included that in that process. And so you need to be able to figure out that, you know, they've, they've had the opportunity to do research and all the tools that they have available to them in this buying environment, mm -hmm. right? You need to make sure you're, you're in lockstep with that. And, you know, today's customer bases, are, they're diverse, right? And so are their communication needs, uh, particularly, you know, depending on, on age, right? So to fully engage and satisfy your clients, you know, you have to have a multi-channel contact center offering that opens a you know, wide world of communication possibilities so that the agents are available when and where the customer wants to be met. And, you know, you need to be able to, to, to meet them where they want to be and provide them that, that information. The other thing I would say is, you know, in many cases, you talked about, you know, people just suddenly going out and getting lists, right? Trying, trying to buy lists and, and lists are important. Uh, but understanding, you know, who the maneuvering through a system, um, whether it's mm. a, a, you know, a, a tool like Zoom Info that you're using or some other list company, uh, you need to understand how well to use that. And the difference between somebody that is really, really good at doing research and identifying the proper individuals that are responsible, that are willing to make those phone calls and do the effort to find out who the right people are. In many cases, you know, the, the seasoned salesperson, you know, isn't adept at doing that. And in many cases, they're two different personalities. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important for, you know, especially the larger the organization, the more support that you have from a business development rep uh, that's, that's helping identify those prospects and opportunities, engaging. And then, as we said before, they understand, they agree on what a good lead looks like, and then pass that on for the salesperson to then take over at that point in the journey. Absolutely. And I think um, when we think through the expectations that have changed, you know, if you ever shipped products before, um, whatever pace that they got to clients was the pace that they got there. Nobody, nobody really cared. And then obviously with, you know, Amazon and two day and now one day for, for so many things that's changed our expectations. And it's really hard if you can't match those speeds to, um, to get clients to understand that. Um, and then you think through, like you said, you know, there's so many companies now that I expect to be able to call them at 10 PM and get somebody on the phone. And if I don't, it's, I find it, you know, not okay. And I know that's an unreasonable expectation to some extent, but it's 2021 and that's what I expect. And so um, you have to really think through as a buyer, what do you want from your, you know, potential vendors? And if you really think through that and are you providing that level of service um, in your sales organization, in your support organization? And if not, um, what can you do to meet those needs? I remember all the way back to the very beginning of COVID, whenever I would have to make um, a customer service call, and this is you know on the customer service side, but that's a that's a part of sales. And um, there was one specific uh, vendor that I work with, and you could tell they were just struggling to get online with um, with remote calling. And 
I one time was on hold for over an hour, <laughs> just trying to connect to somebody. And I gave them a pass on it because, of, you know, I, I knew we're all dealing with this. We're all we're all dealing with moving remote. It's it's difficult and challenging. But if they were still doing that now, I don't think that they would still be a vendor that I worked with um, and, and to see the improvements and to see that they they matched what the market demanded. Um, that's always reassuring as somebody that's working with a company, again, whether it's on the B2C side or on the B2B side, whether it's a customer service um, interaction or a sales interaction, um, just knowing that however you might want to communicate, they're available, um, that the times that you want to communicate, they're available, it, it makes a difference, especially on those kind of edge cases. And any more that you can get out of the you know, the environment of leads that are available. Um, as as things get more complicated and more challenging, um, it's even more important to get as much as you can out of the list. And so that's a really important factor that I think some organizations haven't really thought about. You know, it's, it's, it's not... Um, it's not something you traditionally necessarily needed to think about, but um, hopefully it's become even more apparent for people than it might have been over the last few years. Yes, that's true. And there, again, there, there are tools available uh, to help assist in that process. Um, I think, you know, the more learning that um, AI does, you know, mm-hmm. it can quickly um, identify, you know, a different type of channel or or. Uh, avenue that you might want to send those phone calls to, because if we can get people to self-service, there's certainly an upcoming generation of people that really love to be able to do that. And even with, you know, an older generation, they can quickly be surprised with how self-help can be a quicker quicker answer to the, to the problem that they might have. Um, but we always say it's that it's really about making the agent experience as best as it can be. Because if you can provide your agent with, and that, that agent with a great experience, that all, all flows through the rest of the process of that phone call. So utilizing, you know, not making customers have to repeat information, mm. providing the agent in real time with quick and easy access to the answers that they need. Um, that's when you really are able to, blend both worlds, right? Um, and, and make that agent happy and the, the, the customer uh, is going to be completely satisfied with how that goes down, whether or not they talk to a live agent or not. Mm-hmm. You know, if there are high wait times, you know, there's, um, you can have people have the option to be able to call them back, right, immediately. And they find That's that always great. It's, it's huge, right? It's like, okay, I can hang up the phone. I can go back to what I'm doing, but I need this problem still solved. And when that phone rings, I know it's going to be them and I'm going to have that handled. Um, but again, you know, our FlexForce uh, staffing allows us that where we find customers are having trouble, particularly because of the, the increase in sheer volume of calls that happened um, and not being able to see people in stores and, and places where they wanted to. Um, you know, we're able to staff those people quickly, get them trained and be able to handle and and deliver on those service levels that your clients demand. Definitely. That point of 
Um, you know, making sure that the team who's doing this essential work, and again, whether it's on the the qualifying, the, the you know, phone sales or on the service side, uh, think of it, how many organizations where that is like the lowest job on the totem pole, where they get no respect, they're not paid well, um, they feel you know, basically abused. They feel like they don't matter. Um, we had a client that had an um, inside sales team and they felt like the external sales team was treating them like administrative assistants. And they had the responsibility of doing, you know, the telesales and, and, um, and scheduling meetings, but also closing certain kinds of deals that didn't need to be handed off. And um, in our work with them, we realized that the rest of the organization didn't even necessarily understand their role. And they thought that they were basically admin assistants slash customer service, even though there was an entire different customer service team. It was a little confusing. But um, if if you have that um, that sense that people doing this work are less than, um, or if if they just you know get that perception, you're not going to get the kind of um, customer experience that you're looking for. Because I mean, we've all been into you know. The, the stereotypical example I'll give here, but, you know, DMV or somewhere where people are clearly just not happy to be where they're working. Um, it's not a great customer experience either. <laughs> well, that's true, Elizabeth. And if, if, even if to, I'll comment on that last part about DMV, I think, you know, what we're going to see out of the pandemic is so many, you know, so many more opportunities to improve upon service. And I think in some cases it was eye-opening to both, you know, the, the consumer and the provider of, of the service. And even if it's DMV, you know, you had to make an appointment instead of having to go there, stand in line, you know, not knowing what day of the month that you, you know, you might have to do this toward the end that, you know, the, the, the queue was ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. The amount of time you had to spend there. This has been a great process. Yes, do I have to drive further than going to my local DMV? I might have to, but if I know I can go there, I'm going to be serviced and it's a great experience. I think you're gonna see things like that change in the future. Absolutely. The first time I was able to schedule an appointment here in the city um, for a license renewal and show up and literally be seen right away. Um, I have to say that's why I sometimes hesitate to use the DMV as, as the bad example, even though it's the, it's the most common one you hear, because they've really upped their game in the last few years. And um, if we're not matching that, you know, um, like you were saying, I, I know a lot of companies that make it difficult to buy from them. And, you know, you have to have a conversation with a salesperson. The information isn't available online. Um, and the salespeople are only available to call you back, you know, from nine to five and they're busy. Um, or when you get that sense, I'm a small customer to this company and I'm getting second level sales experience because of that. And, you know, it's, it's just challenging to buy or I can't get just basic information about the products and services on the website. I have to wait for somebody to tell it to me. And I'm like, I could just watch a demo video if you just would give me a demo video on your website. So really thinking through again, um, what's that buyer experience that's gonna help? You know, Can I schedule a call with a salesperson? on your website. Um, if I really do need to have a conversation with them, if it is that you know deep consultative process, that's fine. But can you remove friction 
in that process um, just to, again, you're going to see less drop off the easier you make it for people. And that's really important. Well, you, you touched on something earlier I wanted to go back to, and that was, you know, the transformation of the contact center. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's been accelerated because of the last year, but we really were quickly moving toward, um, you know, a, a tremendous movement. And if you noticed a lot of the titles that people had became chief customer, right? Titles, mm-hmm. chief of, you know, con, uh, experiences, um, mm-hmm. because, you know, the CEOs around the world are recognizing that, wow, you know, to gain a customer is really expensive to lose it is really expensive. And, you know, people are going to complain a lot more about a bad experience and they're going to tell people about a good one and mm-hmm. they turned what was an upside down. And, you know, it's no longer looked at as a cost center, but people are recognizing this is, this is where, this is the golden goose. This is where the magic happens right on the, on, on the floor in the contact center. And if I make those customers happy, um, or at least satisfy them, you know, they're, they're going to be repeat buyers. So that experience is really, really important. And it, it, it falls to the bottom line. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you see companies that are rated with the great, uh, net promoter scores, CSAT scores, there's evidence Gartner, other providers are showing information that how much more profitable those companies are, mm-hmm. how much better their stock prices do. And that's all based on that human interaction and that connection that you have with your customers at that level. And I can't tell you how important that is. People know it, they're recognizing it. And, and these folks are, are real heroes, you know, particularly in this last year, um, you know, we're doing what they did. They continued to do their job. They continued to come to work. They, whether they were doing it from home or they were, you know, still coming to a brick and mortar, um, they're servicing your, your clients and the better that experience is, for them, the better it's going to be for your customers. Absolutely. And, you know, just to reiterate, uh, a new customer is just exponentially more expensive than maintaining and re-engaging a prior customer. Um, And so really thinking through that, that experience that you're providing. And again, you know, this goes back to having highly skilled people, um, good communicators who are doing this phone um, selling, especially, but on the customer service side as well. You know, so often, again, we see people think this is a really low skill job. I'll just get anybody off the street and just have them making calls. And really all they're doing is kind of making sure the phone number works. And then we'll have my, my senior sales people follow up. And if you can have a highly skilled force of people who are, who know what they're doing when it comes to sales, who who understand the business, understand what questions to ask, understand the difference between a really good lead and a kind of not so good lead. And an, oh my goodness, this is the best lead that we've got to follow up on right now. Um, really being able to have that high level conversation. That's a, a big difference maker between just, you know, I, I made the phone call, I called them, you know, are you interested in our service? Leave a voicemail and just keep going, going, going. And so there's there's a qualitative difference in the result that you're going to get, um, depending on the, the kind of people you have actually making those calls and their expertise. Well, and, you know, it hasn't changed. Um, and surprisingly, mm-hmm. we talked earlier about, you know, how how the funnel has, you know, dried up a little bit because of this and the prospecting is more difficult. People are still contacting people, whether it's, you know, via email, whether it's they're coming to your website and filling out a contact form, 
whether they're leaving a, you know, a phone number, um, it doesn't matter, but the speed at which you get back to those prospects and clients is critical. And it's just mm -hmm. incredible how even today in a, in a difficult environment, we hear all the time how, how people didn't follow up quickly or they, or they applaud you for how quickly that you did because they made three or four phone calls and we were one of maybe one or two that actually got back to them in a timely mm -hmm. manner. So it's really important. And the, the number of touches that you have to conduct today to try to get through, it, it has continued to in, you know, be larger, right? It, it, mm -hmm. it continues to, to be larger. There's a lot of messages. People get a lot of emails. They get a lot. You have to break through that clutter though, right? You're trying to provide solutions. You're trying to provide some thought leadership to these people. And it takes a long time, but it's incredible when you do need somebody for something um, it, within your supply chain, that person that m emailed you on a fairly routine basis that wasn't annoying, but was providing you mm. information and touching base with you, following up, those are the people you're going to remember. Absolutely. There are people consistently in my inbox that I don't have a need for their service right now, but because their emails are valuable and interesting, I will remember their name when I do need that service. Um, and then I think through, like you were saying, um, you know, we had certain vendor relationships that we needed to establish when we started working from home. And, um, you know, it, it's an urgent situation. We really need to get things online. For example, um, switching our phone provider when we didn't have, um, you know, the in-person phones at the office. And I called a bunch of different places and literally, you know, immediately struck off the list, the ones that didn't call me back within a day or two, because I was already in the process with a couple of them. And it was an urgent thing to close. And again, you know, it makes you feel like they don't value me, maybe because of the size of our business, maybe some other reason, but they lost on a sales opportunity because they didn't follow up quickly. And um, the number of times that might be happening to your organization, if you don't have good follow-up times, you don't know how many potential millions of dollars that you're missing in revenue of people that just made that initial outreach. And then because they didn't hear back quickly enough, they went with somebody else. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, that's something that, um, you know, I think we're, we're just coming back to some core themes through this conversation. It's really important. And I think one of the biggest themes is just to be thoughtful about the experience that you're providing um, and make sure that you're you're matching what the customer needs. And, you know, our mission at Criteria for Success is to enable buying in a world of sales. And I think sometimes people think things like teleservices aren't necessarily about enabling buying. You know, they think it's it's um, it's like the dirty part of selling or something. And really what, what they might not understand is you're enabling a better buying experience if you have all those different channels set up so that people can engage the way they want to engage, when they want to engage with highly skilled, knowledgeable people who are able to meet their needs in, in the conversation. That's right. Uh it, that that experience is true and true over and over again. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at the clock and I realize that we need to we need to start to wind down. But one thing I wanted to hear from you, um, and I don't know how much you'll necessarily have here, but obviously we've been talking about some of the trends that have been coming up for a while that have maybe um, turned into high gear over the last year. Are there any changes that you're seeing um, coming up that might not have really hit 
a lot of companies' radar, um, but you think are going to be a big factor in the next few years? Um, I continue to see, you know, AI and mm. data, you know, pushing the technology forward to enhancing uh, everybody's experience. Mm. And, and that it's, it has to be 360, right? Um, you can't force somebody down. And I, just because you don't want to field phone calls because you're trying to reduce, you know, costs per se, you might be looking at it wrong. Um, but how do you make that? And there's a, you know, philosophy out there of effortless sales, right? Like how, it's not that I necessarily need to be thrilled and joyed on every single phone call. That's just not reality, right? Mm -hmm. But if I call with a problem, if, if I call looking for something and you enhance that experience, that's better. And there's tools out there that are being developed and, and enhanced every day to improve that experience. So I think you're going to continue to see that happen. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, a whole generation of, of other folks that want to use things other than the phone channel. And again, you need to meet those people where they want to be met. You know, the, the, uh, the continuation and the advancement of interacting with people via their cell phone and not mm -hmm. with calls, right? But with, boy, I have an experience. I bought this product. I've agreed to have somebody text me and I can make that transaction happen very simply. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to get online to do it. All I had to do was respond that, yes, I want the same package that I wanted last time, whether it's, you know, coffee or energy bars or whatever it might be. Um, they might give me an update. Hey, we've got a new flavor. Do you want this? Boom. They make it simple. So utilizing tools um, to, to such as SMS um, and text messaging and, and other email efforts, it's going to continue to advance. But when a problem can't be solved and you want to be able to speak to someone, you have to make sure that you handle that call efficiently with a live agent and give them all the information that they need at their fingertips to handle that. So I think you're going to continue to see people talking about, you know, the customer journey, meeting people where they want to be met, having all of that information in one place to continue to, to have those proper discussions to bring that, that contact to a, to a satisfaction. Absolutely. Um, you know, two things that you said there. First of all, um, when it comes to data and, and kind of analytics, I cannot tell you how many times we've worked with organizations who have perceptions about, you know, what's the expensive department? What's the cost center within your organization versus what's a profit center? And then you actually help them run the numbers and they realize that they're completely off base or, you know, they think that um, they're generating a lot of a lot of sales and a lot of new business and they credit, um, you know, an outside sales team and they don't realize that the majority of sales are coming from account management and existing um, existing clients. So really taking that data and analyzing it to really understand the, the behavior of your buyers and how your organization actually works. Um, 
Uh, that's so important. And then, you know, what you said about um, just making these these processes easier. Definitely, I've had the texts that I get from various companies. And like you said, you know, it, it makes it almost too easy sometimes to buy. <laughs> you just respond, yes. I'm like, yeah, dangerous. But um, it's a whole lot better than having to remember your login and you go to a website and you have to click 10,000 times. And just thinking that, I, you know, it's, it's a really simple process and I'm sure they're increasing sales. So if you're not... If you're not matching as the market moves forward, you're going to very, very quickly fall behind. And I think that's a that's a really important point. All right. Um, one question that we always like to ask our guests, John, is do you have any books or other resources that you would recommend for our listeners? And that could be specifically on the topics that we've been discussing today or outside that scope, um, whatever you, you really recommend. Yeah, sure. And certainly there are a lot of great books out there, right? And I think it depends on, you know, what your particular situation is that, that you're that you're looking to enhance, whether it's, you know, leadership, uh, development, sales habits. I think there's a lot of great books. Um, but lately, I've been leveraging other resources that are available, such as white papers, case studies, webinars, and now virtual conferences across many channels mm. that, that support sales and service, right? Um, I think they're, it's, they're quick hits, they're quick reads. Um, they, they usually approach it from a number of different angles, whether it's the consumer side, whether it's the provider side, whether it's the buyer, the seller. Um, there's a lot of information out there. And you know, in most cases, it's, it's free consulting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're doing that for a reason. And I, it, it really enhances you know, the understanding, if you're trying to figure out how to get down this road, you're not necessarily, you know, embracing it or aware of it. There's a lot of great information there um, from a number of different channels that are quick, easy reads. And I, I really encourage that. Uh, I find it much simpler to, to go do that than it is to, you know, read a book about a particular subject. Um, in most cases, the sessions or events are taped, you know, and you have the flexibility to view them post event so you can watch, you know, when you're avail- available and share it with, you know, your colleagues, particularly if you're trying to maybe move your organization or your company in a, in a direction and you can provide people with mm-hmm. great insight that's simple and easy, digestible, you know, it, it can be agnostic to, uh, you know, a company or it cannot be. And then you can go try to find out what else is, is available. Um, I'd also say don't go it alone. You know, in these days of budget constraints, cutbacks, uh, freeze on hiring, you know, resources can be thin and everybody's expected to do more with less. But there are many companies out there that can support your efforts, particularly your sales efforts, and add tremendous value at a very reasonable charge that can have big impacts on filling your funnel and developing your pipeline. And, you know, some of the examples of that are, you know, um, support with your social media marketing, mm-hmm. uh, content creation, SEO support, digital marketing, uh, video creation, and you know many more things like those that are out there that are available that you can either do on an ongoing engagement with somebody, or they can be done on a per campaign event. And you know you don't have to go out there and try to learn it all yourself. You can mm-hmm. quickly bring some people on. They're very very good people. Um, that are starting their own companies that are, you know, they're, they're experts at what they do, right? And why not bring them into your 
environment and have them help you with something that is going to take you time, effort, support, approval, et cetera, where, you know, maybe that you, they can show you that there's, they have great impact immediately. And the best part is if it's not working, you can quickly move on and you haven't signed a long-term contract. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And you haven't built an entire department. Um, to do something. So often I see organizations, like you said, they're trying to be experts in everything. And, um, you know, you're not doing the the plumbing for your office, you hire a plumber for that, you don't have to figure it out. And so often, um, they think that they need to be experts in every part of the organization, um, as it relates to, to sales and marketing and really understanding where it makes sense to outsource things. Um, like you said, it, it can be, um, it's got two potential benefits. There's the the cost might actually be lower when you think about it. And you're likely going to get more expertise. You know, if you've got one poor person in marketing trying to be an expert at videos and content creation and social media and everything and, 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 and they're going to be kind of mediocre probably at most of those. But if you can have somebody internally who's managing vendors and, and getting best quality, um, you know, content from various different sources, you you likely will end up with a better result. So um, such an important reminder. I think a lot of times, like you said, people are, are resource constrained and they think it's cheaper to just do it themselves. And they end up spending a lot of time and effort and money <laughs> that um, that doesn't pay off all that well. You're right. All right. So John, if you want people to learn more about you, more about your work, where should they go? So, you know, certainly our website, dialamerica.com and it has quite a bit of content about our services that we provide in the industries that we support um, it has a learning center that has a lot of helpful information things like i was just mentioning some white papers case studies thought leaderships blogs um, etc uh, but we can also be reached you know at 1-800-913-3331 and we look forward to you know, having a, a discussion, if you just have questions, that would be great. If you're interested in our services, we'd love to talk to you. I love it. Practicing what you preach. Always important. Thank you so much, John. Really, really appreciate you um, having this conversation with me. And I'm sure our listeners will appreciate hearing it as well. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. I really enjoyed it. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into today's show. You can find the notes and resources for everything that John and I have been talking about today at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 297. Make sure to tune in next week for another excellent guest. If you enjoyed today's show, please recommend us to a friend. That's the best way to help more people discover the show. And if you haven't yet subscribed, make sure to do that. That way you'll hear every new episode as soon as it's posted. You can subscribe for free wherever you're listening right now. We love feedback. You can leave us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, or email us with direct feedback, questions, and guest suggestions at podcast at criteriaforsuccess.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at CFS Playbook. And don't forget to check out the blog at criteriaforsuccess.com slash insights. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success. Happy selling!